Iris. Would you please, uh, you know, join me to welcome Pastor Iris as you come and share with us. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Good morning, good afternoon, and shalom, everybody. Praise the Lord. Well, today is the last day of the Chinese New Year, so this will be the last time that all of us can say to one another, Kong Si Fa Tsai. So might as well, we all say to one another, turn to your neighbor on your left and right, or behind you or in front of you, and tell them, Kong Si Fa Tsai. Hallelujah. And may the Lord bless you even more this year in 2023. How many of you can say Amen. Now today, once again, I'm so blessed and I'm so honored to be able to share the Word of God with you and especially at the beginning of this new year. I understand for this year, at the beginning of 2023, the theme for NBC is being a witness for Christ. And how many of you want to become a good witness for Jesus Christ? Who can say amen? And that is why today I want to go straight to the Word of God and bring you here in the book of John, right? John chapter 14, verse 11 to verse 16, right? Uh, I think I've already given the PowerPoint in English, okay, right? Just now I shared it in Indonesian, okay, right? John 14, verse 11 to verse 16, okay? And uh, if you can, uh, you can just go to your Bible, uh, in your phone or in your iPad, and uh, we can read together John 14, verse 11 to verse 16, okay? And if you are there, please say yes. Okay, yes, only one person. Hallelujah, right? How many of you are there in the Word of God? John 14, verse 11, verse 16. Yes? Yes, okay, praise the Lord. Okay, now, just help me to just go to your Bible first in your phone or in your iPad and we can read together. John 14, verse 11 to verse 16. Okay, are you ready? Yes? Let's all read together, alright? Let's read it all together so that we can, uh, you know, together declare the Word of God. Praise the Lord. You see, as we are about to read, the miracle happened already. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now church, Jesus told the disciples here that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the disciples will continue the works that Jesus has been doing thus far. But this time around, He promised them with the power of the Holy Spirit that all of us, they will do even greater works. Now church, how many of you know that this promise, it is not just man for the disciples of Jesus only. But this promise is also applicable to us. Right here, right now, in 2023. How many of you can say amen? It is applicable to you. Applicable to you, secondary school students, students, workers, employees, and of course all of us who are working in the kingdom of God. But, how many of you agree with me? When, every time we come to this verse, or when we start reading this verse, we kind of struggle a little bit to fully believe and grasp what Jesus is saying over here. Because when we read this verse, we have this idea that the works that Jesus meant over here would probably be, what? Miracle works. 
preaching the gospel kind of works. The works that most full-timers or those who are in church would be doing, such as healing the sick, casting out demons, right? Preaching to masses and bringing the gospel to the nations. Now, we think that these are the kind of works that Jesus is referring to. The church works, the miracles, signs and wonders, the supernatural powerful works of God. Now church, if those are the only picture that we have about what Jesus is referring to here over here, then it can be a very tall order for us to emulate. How many of you agree? Because up to this point, right, the works that Jesus has done thus far, John chapter 14. How many of you want to know? He has turned water into wine. How many of you have turned water into wine? I don't think so. Huh? Hallelujah, right? He was able to perceive supernaturally the condition of the Samaritan woman. He healed the man crippled for 38 years. He fed 5,000 people with only five loaves and two fish. He walked on water. How, you know, some of us, we can't even swim in water. Hallelujah, right? Walk on water. He healed a man born blind. And guys, this is John chapter 14. John chapter 11. He just raised Lazarus from the dead after four days of him being in the tomb. So church, you agree with me. When you read this verse, and when you think about this, the work, the kind of works, right, that Jesus was referring to, right, to be supernatural works, signs and wonders, miracles. How many of you agree? It is a very tall order for us to emulate. Who can say amen? I mean, I was saying to the first service, I myself have not even raised a cat from the dead. Okay, right? So therefore, what did Jesus mean? Right? What did Jesus mean? When he said, the works that he did, you will do. And greater works you will do than what he has already done. What does he mean? Because we know that this is a promise to all believers today. Well, for a start, let's study this verse. John 14 verse 11 to 12. When you actually read this verse, you will realize that the works and the greater works that Jesus referred to over here. The Greek word for that word, work, is the word ergon. Somebody say with me, ergon. And if you read ergon in the concordance, quote G2041. Okay, right? It doesn't just refer to signs and wonders. It is not referring to miracles, signs and wonders, powerful works that church works or church workers do. No. Actually, the word ergon refers to business and trade. It's referring to employment and all kinds of entrepreneurship. Referring to artistic creation, all kinds of composition, be it from your mouth, song, or even from your mind. Design and even talking about service and supervision responsibilities that you and I are in charge of. You know what, church? When you actually read and study this word ergon, you will realize the works that we are talking about here, it is now no longer confined to only church works. Who can say amen? 
church works that involves miracles, supernaturals, or preaching the gospel to the masses. No! The works actually encompasses all kinds of works that we do both in the marketplace and also in ministry. So therefore, this promise is applicable to us and even applicable to students. Why? Because the works that Jesus is referring to here is referring to your work <laughs> in whatever field that God has planted you in. So it involves your employment. So students, it is your studies. Those of us who are in the marketplace or those of you who are an artist, it involves your singing, your composition of new songs, of you playing the guitar. You know what, church? It includes all kinds of employment and tasks we do in the marketplace, in church and in the workplace. From the simplest tasks of arranging chairs to ushering to the most complicated ones of counseling, preaching, or even solving physics equations and even market analysis or solving F-Maths equations. Whatever. All these are works that God said, I have empowered you to do so that these works can become a testimony of Jesus Christ wherever you are. Who can say amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand today. Hallelujah. You know what, church? These works, right, that you and I will do, right, the greater works that you and I will do, both in the church and also in the marketplace, has a function, has a reason to it. What is the function? Well, if you look, okay, right, John chapter 14, verse 11. Let's all read this verse together. Okay, right? One, two, three. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now, Jesus said this to the disciples. Guys, you must believe me that I am the Son of God. But then he said this, but even if you find it hard to believe me, my works that I have done in front of you is a testimony, is a witness of who I am in the Father. Who can say amen? So therefore, the works right, that Jesus was referring to has a function. What is the function? The function is they bear witness to who Jesus is so that others who don't believe can believe. Hallelujah. That means what you do, right, in the workplace or your studies, your attitude, your commitment towards your studies, because you are a believer of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will work through you so that through your works, your works will bear witness of Jesus to the people out there so that they can believe in Jesus as well. How many of you can say amen? Now again, this is not one verse that I pluck out from the sky, you know, and come up with a theory, <laughs> right? In a mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be established. John chapter 10 verse 25, it is the same word that Jesus used. And again, he reiterated this truth that the works we do has a function. And the function is, it will bear witness of Him wherever we are. Look at this. 
John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, what, is, what does He do? Ah, bear witness for me. Church, with this understanding, with this understanding, okay, right? You and I must understand. Therefore, all of us, wherever we are, the works and the tasks that we do have a function. And the function is that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they will bear witness of Jesus Christ. So that others who do not know Him will get to know Him. See, that's why when you look at this, you will have a different perspective towards what you do in the marketplace. Who can say Amen? You will know that your job to preach the gospel, it is not just confined to church world only. That means preaching the gospel, becoming witnesses of Jesus Christ, is not just the job of the pastors or the church workers only. You and I have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, wherever you are, through your work, to bear witness for Jesus Christ, so that others in your workplace can get to know the Lord. Who can say Amen? Even when you are in school, even when you are studying. Now, I was just sharing this, you know, in the earlier service. I told them, last year, I heard of this wonderful testimony from my cell group leader. And he told me this. He has a member who is uh, a Myanmar national. So, she's a Myanmarist, right? She's a Myanmar. Now, the thing is this. What happened is that prior to her coming to church, right, she was working in an office, okay, and during that period, she was battling with severe depression. And this depression is so severe that almost every other day, she is really thinking of committing suicide. So she's battling with darkness in her mind and depression. Now, so she was giving this testimony. But each time, whenever she goes to the office, she would notice this guy. This, um, I mean, she's my, he's my Sagut leader. He's actually my worship leader. And this guy, whenever he comes to the office, he will be always smiling and laughing. No matter what the circumstances is, no matter how pressuring, how, how pressure, right, the, 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 the work condition is, no matter how many things that he needs to do, no matter how many problems that, you know, the office was encountering or even he himself were going through, it seems that all of his life, right, he's happy. He's full of joy. So he's always smiling all the time. Now, she is battling with depression, okay? So one day, she was curious and therefore approached him and asked him, why is it that every time I see you, you're always smiling? Why is it that every time I see you, you seem to be always full of joy? What is your secret? So you know, my subgroup leader told her, well, it's because I go to church. <laughs> and I believe in this Jesus Christ. And then my subgroup leader told her, you should try to come to church as well and experience the, 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 the love of God in the church. So she said, okay, I decided to go. So one day, Right, she agreed to go, and my subgroup leader, my subgroup leader, right, arranged for her, right, to meet up his community, came to church. Now that day, that weekend, just nice, okay, right. We invited a guest speaker, and uh, he is his pastor Phil Pringle. Now you know that pastor Phil Pringle, 
more than just a preacher and a pastor. He's also a good artist. He likes to paint. Okay? So that weekend, we are all very excited that this Myanmar national, who is an unbeliever, is going to come to church for the first time. And guess what? He's going to hear the guest speaker, and we hope that the Word of God will touch her. But guess what? That weekend, Pastor Phil Pringle, of all the weekends, decided not to preach. He decided to paint. So he went on stage, and he had a huge canvas, and he started painting. Uh, painting. Okay, right? Painting. No, I mean, we were all very, we were thinking, Pastor, of all the weekends, this week, preach lah. Why of all weekends are uh, this week you choose to paint? You know, right? This week, preach. Okay? Now, but nevertheless, he painted. Now, he painted a beautiful picture of Jesus hanging on the cross. And guess what? At the last stroke, when he completed the picture, the painting, right? He put down the brush and he went, speak to the crowd, and decided to give the altar call right away. And he said, those of you, who wants to come to know Jesus Christ, come to the front. You know what? To our surprise, my Sagrubita told me, this Myanmar national friend went all the way to the front. She was the first one to run to the front and she came, knelt down, and she accepted Jesus Christ right there and then. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah, right? Now, she told me, she told us that that weekend, she felt the painting was speaking to her. That God is calling her. That Jesus is calling her into a new life. And therefore, she responded. And when she responded, she experienced the love of God. And the love of God broke the power of depression in her life. And today, she is set free. And she said this, Do you know, that Sunday, I have decided, after church, if church cannot give me any answer, I will go back and I will jump. <laughs> I have decided that that weekend will be my last weekend. That if God or if church or if Christianity right, is the same as any other religion or any other things, I will go back and I will just jump. But that weekend, the power of God touched her and she got saved. And not only she was saved spiritually, she was saved from her depression from her committing suicide. Let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. You know what, church? What was the, what was the trigger that caused her to be safe? It's not me. It's not because of me preaching to her. Neither is it because of Pastor Stephen reaching out to her with a Bible study. The only reason that she was there that weekend was because she encountered a Christian in the marketplace. She encountered a Christian who in the marketplace, through his attitude and commitment towards work, bear witness for Christ. And because of his attitude and commitment in the marketplace, the power of the Holy Spirit works through him. And the works that he did bear witness for Jesus, and as a result, bring somebody into the kingdom of God. You know what, church? When you take a look at this, you will realize that any one of us can do it. Who can say amen? If you are in school, you can do it. If you are in work, you also can do it. 
it's not just confined to church workers only. It's not just confined to us preachers of the gospel. You know what, church? With the power of the Holy Spirit, now you and I can see that all of us, both in church and also in the marketplace, have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to bear witness for Christ through the works that we do. Who can say amen? You know what? I mean, um, the, Christian, uh, the Christian scene, right, came up with this term, the seven mountains of influence. Seven mountains of influence are pillars of society that have a great impact to the society itself. It's called the seven mountains of influence. And the seven mountains of influence consist of these seven areas that made up a society. Okay, right? That make up a society. And they are the first one is, of course, uh, family. And then after that, religion. Right? And then you have business. You have education. You have uh, government. Then you have media. And then you have arts and entertainment. Now, church, when you take a look at this, okay, right? Arts and entertainment, business, education, government and media. These are what they call as, or this group is what is known as the marketplace. The marketplace. And usually the church, right, the Christian workers are mostly active and influencing a lot in the two areas of family and religion. Who can say amen? However, 90% of us in church are not in these two spheres, are not in these two areas. Most of us here in church, you are in the marketplace. You are in the area of education. You are in the area of business. Some of you are in the area of arts and entertainment. Some of you are working as a civil servant in the area of government or in the area of media. You know what, church? The church is already active, engaging family and religion. God has called you in the marketplace through your works to become a witness for Him so that you can win the gospel and the world for Jesus Christ through the gospel. Who can say amen? You see, that's why we must understand our calling. That with the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone now can become an effective witness of Christ. Both in the marketplace and in the ministry. In fact, Jesus epitomized this. You remember, He's not only powerful in His preaching, but He's very good dealing and talking to people in the marketplace. Because He Himself is a carpenter. <laughs> He knows what it means to be in a marketplace. Who can say amen? See, that's why with this in mind, you must understand this truth. What is that? Our work is our calling. You don't have to be in full time to preach the gospel, to become effective witness for Jesus. God has already called you, wherever you are, to be an effective witness of Christ. How? By you realizing that what you do has impact. By you realizing where God placed you is the calling of God right there and then. The calling to do what? The calling to become a witness for Jesus Christ. 
Listen, if you are in the business, your calling is not just to be rich. Your calling is to be a blessing to other people. Your calling is to be blessed to be a blessing. If you are a student, your calling is to do well and to shine for the Lord and to be a blessing wherever you are so that your work, your testimony can become a witness of Jesus Christ in the school who can say Amen. You see, what's the point of you, right? Proclaiming the gospel, but your studies, your result is always zero upon 100. You hardly go to lecture. You're always ponting. Right? You don't even come to lecture class. You only turn up, right, during good times. And then whenever you turn up, you keep on telling them, hey, come to my church. Come to church. Believe in Jesus. Who wants to believe in Jesus if half the time you're pontanging and your result is always zero upon 100? Who can say amen? Right? What's the point of you proclaiming so much of the gospel of Jesus Christ? But in the workplace, you are a bad testimony. You always laze around. You always steal time. Right? You always try to, you know, take the shortcuts. And you always do not want to help other people. And you are always sowing seeds of discord among your colleagues. You are always, you know, uh, you always disagree with your, with your bosses. Even if you agree, you just choose to disagree for the sake of disagreement. Hallelujah, right? You always like to, uh, you always like to quarrel. You always like to make uh, uh, trouble. What is the point? And then on, Saturday, on Friday, before you leave, you say, Hey, this Saturday, Sunday, come to church. Come to my church. Who wants to go to church? If what they are seeing in front of them is what church is like. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say amen? <laughs> right. Listen, sometimes St. Francis of Assisi say, preach the gospel with words, but if it is possible, you don't even need to use words to preach the gospel. Through your action, through your life testimony, through your works, God can work through you and be a witness of Jesus Christ wherever you are. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. You see, that's why our work is our calling. Please, this year, begin this year by having this truth in your mind. View your work seriously because your work is your calling. View your studies seriously because your studies is your calling. Who can say amen? Now, when you look at this, right? I want to end by giving you this parable of the talents. And this parable of the talents tells us what it means when our work is our calling. Who can say amen? Now, look at this. Matthew 25, 14, 30. Okay? Are you guys still alive today? Yes? Hallelujah, right? Now, listen. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And then he says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned. To say, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And look at what the master said. 
His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. Now, say together with me this statement, right, with a loud voice. One, two, three. Well done, good and faithful servant. Church, this is the same statement that the master gave to the person who produced two more with two talents. Now, church, this is important because from this statement, you will learn a few things. What is that? When the master said, well done, good and faithful servant, it goes to show, through these words, the master, Jesus, cares about our work. More than just caring about our work, he cares about how we do work. The person doing the work. The motivation behind that work. And the results of that work. Who can say amen? And with that in mind, that is how our works will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness everywhere we go. By becoming a good person who works, good methods in achieving that work, and the motivation behind that work, and the results of the work. Who can say amen? Because from here, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, church, take a look. The first one. Number one, God is concerned with you as the person who is doing the work. God is not just concerned about the work. God is concerned about you doing the work. Who can say amen? And for you, right, who does the work of God, you must see yourself as a servant. You must have servanthood. If you want to shine for the Lord, if you want to become a testimony of Jesus Christ, you must view yourself as a servant. Now guys, what or who is a servant? A servant is someone who has this perspective that what he does, he is doing it unto the Lord. Who can say amen? Student, if you view yourself as a servant, you will view that what you do as students, your studies, you're not doing it for your parents. You're doing it unto the Lord. Your parents say you must get A, huh? right? You must say, God, what do you want me to have? Who knows God say A star? Eh? <laughs> Who can say amen, right? But let me tell you this. If you are doing it unto the Lord, you will be free from all kinds of pressure from anyone, from anywhere. Who can say amen? And the thing is this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, 24. Let's all read this verse together. Okay, right? One, two, three. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, if you're working and if your perspective is that you are the Lord, not the servant, then you will be concerned of who is watching over you. You will only work when someone is watching over you. When nobody is watching, you stop working. <laughs> right? When nobody is supervising, you stop working. So when your parents is at home, you study. When your parents is away, you don't study. Right? When you are working, you are very conscious of who is watching. Because to you, right, your view is that 
you are working for someone. You are not working unto the Lord. Now, many people, we have this view, we have this mentality. Pastor Aris, what's the point of me working so hard when nobody's watching? Because when nobody watches, right, when nobody is seeing, then how can I get rewarded appropriately? Fair enough. It is a very legitimate question and statement. But you must understand this truth. If you view yourself as working unto the Lord, then God will promote you. Humans can only raise your salary, but only God can promote you in your life. When you only work for someone to watch over you, to see that you are doing something, yes, you can get promotion in terms of increment of salary. But I can tell you this, if your attitude and mindset do not change, then I can tell you this, no matter how much salary increment you have, it will never be enough to match your character. And as a result, with the character like that, it will never be able to contain the amount of money that people give you. But if you're working unto the Lord, you don't care who's watching. All you care, like what they always say, I am performing for the audience of one. And if I'm doing it unto the Lord, God is the one who will promote me. Men may not give me increment, but God will ensure I will have the right promotion. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah, right? That's how it is. It is better to be promoted in life by God than you having to always force increment for yourself. That is the reason why you and I must view yourself as a servant. Because in the workplace, you know it's vicious out there in the marketplace? People like to backstab one another. You think that church is bad, wait till you go to marketplace. And if you go to the marketplace, you think that marketplace is bad, church is also equally bad. Who can say amen, right? There are church politics. There are also office politics. There are also people that would like to backstab you from behind. But those who work for the Lord will not be easily moved. Those who work for the Lord will not be easily swayed. And if you are able to display such peace, such composure in the midst of chaos, in the midst of sharks biting one another, eating you one another, eating up one another, you are never perturbed, you are never fearful. And yet, the grace of God seems to always be upon you. Sooner or later, there will be someone in the office that will approach you for lunchtime and say, can I ask you, why is it that you still maintain your joy even in the midst of all the pressure and chaos? And that's the time you will say, this week, are you, are you free to come to NBC? <laughs> Hallelujah. Who can say amen? My pastor is going to talk about the marketplace, the witness of Jesus Christ. Not this pastor, no, that pastor. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> then, you know what they will say? Is that right? I will come. You see, view yourself as a servant, working unto the Lord. Who can say amen? In the midst of inflation, you are not perturbed. In the midst of uncertainty, you are not fearful. You remain calm, collected, composed, full of faith. And I can tell you this, through your work, you will bring people to Jesus Christ. Second one, okay, right? He said, well done, good and faithful servant. That means God is concerned with the results as well. 
That's why we have this term called what? Good job. Who can say amen? Good job, right? <laughs> Good job. Now, whatever you do, you work with all of your heart. Colossians 3, 23, 24. Look at the standard that God gave to the disciples and to all of us. Whatever you do, make sure you get A+. Plus. Is that what he says? Whatever you do, you better get uh, four points in your O-level. Whatever you do, please go to NUS NTU. Is that what he says? Whatever you do, please make sure that you become a billionaire or millionaire. Is that what he says? No. What did the Bible say? Whatever you do, work at it with... With what? With all your heart. Hallelujah. Who can say amen? With all of your heart. Pastor, I'm not so smart. Never mind. Because the Bible says, work with your heart, not your mind first. Because if you have the heart, the mind and intelligence will follow. Because someone who has a heart will always want to learn. But people who learn too much will have no heart to learn any more new things. Who can say amen, right? People who are too smart think they are too smart. That's why they call them smart aleck. Right? They are too smart. And when they are too smart, their heart is pride. You don't know anything. I know the best. I know all. <laughs> this is the problem. That's why to God, He rather works with people with heart than people with mind. But of course, you must have mind. Now. That's why we always say, when you come to church, don't leave your brain in the car. Who can say amen? But the first criteria, criteria, the first criteria, if you want to be successful, put your heart and mind into what you do. Who can say amen? You see, whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord. That means when you work with all of your heart, doing it unto the Lord means you will want to be responsible. You want to work hard. Who can say amen? No, people always say, Pastor, work smart, not work hard. Correct. Just ensure that you don't use it to mask laziness. Who can say amen, right? Work hard, yes. Work smart, lagi better. Just make sure that you don't use it to hide laziness. That is the nature of yourself. Who can say amen? Now, then... Strive for excellence. Strive for excellence. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible? I forgot. Yesterday, Pastor Kong was mentioning in the service. He said, there's a verse in the Bible. Whatever that Jesus did, Jesus always do it very well. Wow. If I want to be like Jesus, then I must make sure that whatever things that we do, we must do it very well. Who can say amen? Now, and then he says, Open and always wanting to develop further. Your heart is open. You see, your heart is open and only then you can learn. But if your heart is closed because your mind is always full of pride, then you will never be able to learn nothing. The results is equally important in the eyes of God. Whatever you do, do it very well. Who can say amen? Now, then, now if you do this, if you do this, right? That means you don't give up. You keep on working hard. I can tell you this. It will become a testimony. People will be drawn towards you because they see that you are a person who doesn't give up easily. They see you are a person 
who is committed. And you know what? They will ask you, what is it about you? Huh? You always improve, improve, improve. Last year you were B, today you are A. Previous year you are C, last year you were D, but this year you are A. How is it that you always can keep on improving? You know what will you say? Are you free this Sunday? Hallelujah, amen, right? You know what, why? Because this Sunday, my pastor is going to talk about how to become excellent in Jesus Christ. Oh, is that right? I want to come. Who can say amen? Right? Praise the Lord. Now, the thing is this, the third one, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. God is also concerned about the methods. That's why the master said, well done. Now, I said this, from where you begin to where you reach your destination, God is concerned with how you get there. Because how you get there, it must be done according to Jesus' way. And only Jesus' way can become a true witness of Jesus Christ. Who can say amen? So, guys, the matters are equally important. It's not just about the results. So your parents say, hey, this year, I want you to get if you are O-level, you must get 4. Lah. You must get 5. Lah. Or you must get 10. Lah. Okay, right? So, you are pressured. And guess what? By the end of the O-level, you get back your result. Daddy, mommy, look, I got 4 points. Well, then you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Well done, my good and faithful son. But, after a while, it is, un it is uncovered. You realize, you did it by cheating. <laughs> you did it by cheating. Now guys, you achieved the results. But how you achieved the result? Does it bring testimony to Jesus Christ? No. You rather do it the Jesus' way. Previously, in the, in the first service, I said, before you are rich, until you become rich, God is concerned how you become rich. Who can say amen? And many people get rich not by Jesus' way, but by the shortcut way, but by the worldly way. They achieved their results. But then, they did it according to the worldly way. And it doesn't bring testimony to Jesus Christ. But those who do it according to God's way, the Via Dolorosa way, not the shortcut way, eh? the Via Dolorosa way. You know what's the Via Dolorosa way? The way of suffering. <laughs> right, Sandy Patty, right? Down the Via Dolorosa, amen, right? Through the way of suffering. What's the way of suffering? Every week, you study until 12 midnight. You burn the midnight oil. Yeah, you burn the midnight oil. You sacrifice your social media. And stop looking at social... You know, I, I, met, a, I met a guy, I met a, a teenager, 16 years old. When he got back his prelims, he got 20-something over points. The parents go berserk. And so the parents say, you know what? I'm going to take away your phone. I'm going to take away your social media account until O-level is over. And you know what? He said, he gladly surrendered to the parents. And guess what? After O-level... He managed to bring the points down all the way to 16 points. So he managed to go to the institution that he wanted. But you know what? When the parent told him, Hey, it's time for you. You have earned back my trust. I give you back your phone. You know what he said? I don't need it. I realized the past few months without social media, I am a better person. Wow. 
how many of you can say amen? Only the parents say amen. Hallelujah, right? You see, that's the thing. The methods, how you get there. And the thing is this, when your friends see you, hey, why? Uh? How come you are able to not get influenced by TikTok, talk, talk? And during service, you don't talk. Hallelujah, right? You listen to sermon. How come, right? I noticed that you have changed, you know? Right? Last time in class, you're always TikToking, you're talk-talking, and you're talking. But now in class, you stop TikToking, you no longer talk-talking, and you stop talking. You're listening. I noticed that you become more serious in your work. And I noticed that your results have improved. I noticed that, you know, from last time, right? You are, you, you, are, you are in debt. You have no money. But now I can see that now you own a house. You own a car. You are debt-free. You are happy. What is the secret? What is the secret? And I know that you take three jobs. You burn the midnight oil. You, you suffer greatly because you went through so many things in life. And yet, you always turn up at work, in school, joyful, responsible, and always putting your best. What, what, what is it? And now that you are so blessed, what is your secret? You know, what is your, what is your answer? Are you free this Sunday? Who can say amen? <laughs> are you free this Sunday? Why? Because I got all these values right here in church because the Word of God is true. Those who sow in tears will always reap in joy. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? The methods. Now, the last one, well done, good and faithful. The motivation. And the motivation must be faithfulness. You want to become a faithful servant of God. A faithful witness of Jesus. That should be our motivation. What is your motivation to do well? Oh, I want to be like Elon Musk. Nah, wrong, wrong answer. I want to become a billionaire. Wrong answer. What is the purpose of me? doing well in life so that I can brag in my social media. No. I tell you something. If that is your motivation, that is a wrong motivation. All of us, our motivation should be, I want to become a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. Who can say amen? And I can tell you this, Matthew 24, 45, 46. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Listen, church. Trustworthiness, faithfulness is when you are consistent to bear fruits despite the master not watching you. You are doing your job even when no one is watching you. But not just doing your job you keep on producing what you ought to produce. And that is what it is. That is faithfulness. Faithfulness is being consistent. Being consistent. That's why the Bible says, if you, if you either need to choose, right, for the kingdom of God, which one do you choose? Personality or character? Always choose character. Because faithfulness is the cornerstone of every character. If you want to choose which guy... In Singles Inferno. Right? If you are in the island of Singles Inferno, you want to choose which guy? Don't just choose the coolest guy. Don't just choose the most muscular guy. Don't just choose the most handsome guy. 
like what? Juyong or something like that. The Juyong. Wow, so cool. The hair so long. I tried my hair very long, but my car said, you look like a, you look like a vagabond. Please cut your hair. Hallelujah, right? And that's the thing. If you want to choose who is the best candidate, who is a good person that you can be with, number one criteria, choose faithfulness. Because faithfulness is the cornerstone of every character. Faithfulness does not mean loyal. Loyalty is only part of faithfulness. Who can say amen? But faithfulness is, see here, consistent. Consistent. To bear fruits and consistent with the standard of Jesus Christ most of the time in His life. Not every time, but most of the time. Who can say amen? Choose such people. And I can tell you this, right? When you are when you want to have that kind of motivation, you know what? I want, to become like, I want to become like that. I want to become faithful. A faithful witness of Jesus Christ. If that is your motivation, I can tell you this. It will feed your passion and hunger. And you will do well in the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable, reliable people. When that becomes your motivation, you will be found trustworthy. And the more trustworthy you are, the more God will give you bigger responsibilities. God can only promote you when He finds you faithful. Many, you know, people say, Pastor, how come my life is just like this only? I'm stuck at this level. Maybe you need to find out which areas of your life that you need to be proven more faithful. Usually there are three areas. Money, the little things, and what people ask you to do. Money, the little things in life, such as you always forget to pay your M1 bill. You always pay late charges because you always forget to pay SP bill. You always forget the little tasks that your parents ask you to do. Or, you always are not able to accomplish what others have entrusted you to do. And I can tell you this. If you are able to find yourself more trustworthy in these three areas, money. You know what's money? That means you always pay back what you owe. <laughs> if someone lends you money, you will pay them back. Not after you take the money, you disappear. You WhatsApp them, you left the chat group. Hallelujah. Okay, right? Gone. Are you able to handle money? Or are you always spending money without budgeting? Usually, when a person is found faithful in these three areas, money, the little things, and another man's vision, that's the time God says it's time for promotion. You know, many people say, Sometimes I tell my members, with this I'll end, uh, Pastor, sorry, uh, usually in English, because my first language, uh, hallelujah, right? <laughs> you can flow better, uh, amen, right? The thing is this, many people always ask me, Pastor, how come until today, uh, I still have not found a life partner? How come until today, I'm still not married? Is it because my looks? Then I look at his looks, he's more handsome than me. Is it because of my build? Most guys are taller than me. Is it because I need to change my fashion sense? Ah, it can play a part. 
But I can tell you this, sometimes the first thing I told them to look, it is not their looks or their personality. Sometimes I ask them, the first thing that you need to look is your character. Look inside first. Which area do you think that you need to change your character? Which one? Is it in the area of money? Is it in the area of faithfulness in the little things? Now, usually when that person begins to zero in on that area of character in his life that he needs to change, that is the time usually suddenly a woman will appear before him. Because why? God say, it's time for you to settle down and get married. <laughs> How many can say amen? That's why if you want to look a life partner, look at the inside first. Don't look at the outside. Who can say amen? Don't keep on looking at Tinder because you will find Tinder swindler. At the end of the day, all your money is gone. Right? Now, yeah, I mean, all these platforms, I mean, they, they help one way or another, you know, coffee and bagels, you know, right? One day I, I asked, you know, right? Oh, there's a new application for the latest cafe and bagels. No, lah, pastor, it's for you to find Christian life partner. Lah. Oh, okay, 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 right. That's the thing. Don't just go around looking for other places. Look inside first. Once the inside is corrected, God will say, it's time for you to be promoted. How many of you can say amen? You see, that's the thing. When you are always faithful in the little things, and when you are always trustworthy, one day at work, someone will ask you, hey, can I have coffee with you? I notice, uh, you're a person that is very trustworthy. Even when your supervisor asks you to do the funny little things, you gladly do it, and you always do it very well. And I notice every time after you do it, you're always smiling, you never complain. What is your secret? Huh? You know what is your answer? Are you free this Sunday? Because this Sunday, my pastor is going to talk about the characteristic of Jesus Christ and how you can be promoted in life. You should, can be promoted when you are found faithful in money, in the little things, and in another man's vision. And I find that to be true in my own personal life. Is that so? Can you tell me where is that church that you go to? It is at Orchard Road. Wow! Orchard Road is a place that I always hang out on Sunday. Perfect. Because it's near Plaza Singapura. It is at the hotel. Okay, right? And you can come next week and I tell you, you'll be blessed. You know what? Sign me up. This Sunday, I'm going to church with you. You know why? Because your work has been empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring testimony of Jesus Christ to the whole world so that you can become an effective witness of Jesus Christ. And everybody say it. Amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. What if we all stand up on our feet? Right? Let's just pray. How many of you want to become effective witness of Jesus Christ this year in the marketplace or wherever you are? Lift up your hands. Amen. Come, let's operate right now. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to pray right now. And let's dedicate our work. Let's dedicate our job. Let's dedicate what we do to the Lord and surrender them to the Lord. You know what? This afternoon, even as you are going through some problems at work, even as you are going through situations at work or in your school, Friends, learn to surrender them to the Lord. And today, 
having this mindset that you are a servant of God, right where God has planted you in. Ask yourself, what is the mindset that I need to change? Maybe what needs to change is not my job, but my, mind, but my mindset. Maybe what needs to change is not my boss, but it is my mindset. Maybe what needs to change is not my position, but my mindset. But Lord, if it is truly my boss, my job, and my position that is wrong, then Lord, put me elsewhere. And that is the approach that we must have towards our work and towards our job in the marketplace. And I can tell you this, with the kind of humility and attitude, God will hear and God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Who can say amen? So if that is you, I want to lift up your hands to heaven right now. Come, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Friends, I want everybody to say this prayer together with me. Say it with conviction and learn to surrender them to the Lord. Say, Dear Jesus, I surrender my work, my position unto your hand. The problems I face, give me a renewed mind to see it as an opportunity to glorify you. Lord, change my mindset so that I can be more of a servant in my workplace. I will serve others instead of focusing on myself. Holy Spirit, empower me. Use me. Use my job to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to lift up your hands right now and pray in tongues. That God is empowering you. God is anointing you. God is anointing you. God is filling you right now. God is showing you how you can be an effective witness of Jesus in your marketplace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this afternoon. Father, we pray faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I pray that today the Word of God will sink deep into the hearts of many here today. Not only it will take root, but it will change our mind. Lord, only when our mind is renewed, then our life will experience transformation. And I pray, God, that this year, let us all experience transformation at work in the marketplace. And Lord, let the effects of it come to the church. We want to see people, our colleagues, our friends, and our friends in school, in class, coming to the gospel, to the kingdom of God this year. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, everybody say, Okay, come on, NBC, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a big hand this evening. Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. NBC, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, and I want to wish you a blessed new year.